Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Dawn. And I'm Ronnie. And we get to do one of the best episodes of the year. Um, we get to talk about everything that we read this year that we loved and that have made um, on, made it onto our favorites list. So Dawn, have you had a good reading year in 2021? I have, and I didn't think I had because as we talked like at the beginning, I didn't, up until a couple a months ago, I wasn't keeping a reading journal. I, you know, throw things in Goodreads every now and then, but I spent like an hour, maybe two, gathering all my materials. I channeled my inner Ronnie because (laughs) I needed all of the numbers. And I have read over 104 books this year. Wow. That's a lot. And 30 of those, this is the impressive part because I read for a living. So, you know, Mm. 30 of those were non-client books. Good job. (laughs) I was so excited. And so that counts the books that are actually published or will be published that are completely done. That doesn't count anything that I did story coaching on, or I just did a quick consultation on. So yes, 104 books. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, you should be. And that 30 is good because I'm always telling Dawn because she reads, you know, for work that you need to read also for fun. Even if you like your client books, you have to read, you know, things that are not work. So good job. Um, I've had a really good year this year too. I've read 92 books um, so far, which is far and away my biggest number. Usually I'm a solid like 70 books a year kind of reader. So this is a lot more than my norm. Um, And we don't, I mean, a good good year of reading doesn't necessarily mean the number of books. So if you only read 25 books in a year, but they were all great, that would be a good reading year, I'd say. Um, But I know Dawn's going to laugh at me, but I've been using, and I did when I saw the notes, (laughs) I started laughing. (laughs) I have been using the spreadsheet. Now this is not my spreadsheet. There was a free spreadsheet you could use for your TBR um, in our last episode, but this one I got from Sarah's bookshelves, which is, she has a podcast called Sarah's bookshelves live, but she also has a blog and she sells a reading tracker. So you can either buy it or you can um, join her Patreon and you get it as part of her Patreon, which is how I get it. But it's a really, really involved, multi-page, lots of formulas spreadsheet that I could never put together myself because my spreadsheets don't have math. (laughs) My spreadsheets just are list. Um, So this one has all kinds of things you can calculate. So I was able to go in and look at my reading for the year and see all kinds of fun statistics. So I'm going to share them with you for those of you who are nerdy like me out there who like some numbers um, about books. But 68% of the books I finished this year were successful reads. And how I define that is if I write it 3.5 or higher. So that's pretty good. I mean, 68, Dawn is literally holding herself back from, from laughing at me. <laughs> you know, I saw this paragraph of percentages and numbers and I was like, of course she did this. <laughs> and I have to say, I have seen the spreadsheet. It's very pretty. It makes nice little charts and nice little graphs. I would totally recommend it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. 
Um, I DNF'd 16 books, which is 18% of books I started. And then, um, so if you are not familiar with DNF, go back to our original episode of the power of the DNF. I have used it this year because 16 books is a pretty good number of DNFs. Um, I had 28 four-star books and 10 five-star books, and it's actually moved to 11 because one of the ones I'm going to recommend today, I just finished this morning and it made a five-star. Um, so I have another one to add to that list, but overall it was a great year for me. And strangely enough, my best recommendation sources were podcasts. So we hope that we are a recommendation source for you guys in the same way, but 16 books that I love, love, loved were from podcast recs this year, which is, um, a new recommendation source for me. Cause I've only been listening to bookish podcasts probably for the last year or two. So, um, so yeah, overall really good year for me. That's exciting. And for those of you listening, if you do use any of our recommendations for this podcast, we would love for you to let us know on social media. So we know that somebody is appreciating this. Yeah. Is someone listening? Is anyone listening out there? <laughs> anyone? <laughs> <laughs> is this thing on? No. Um, we have heard from a number of you. So we're, we're joking about that. We, you know, we do. Yes, love... but it makes us all happy. We text each other like, oh, did you yeah. see this person just told us? So yes. Yes. So find us online. We do have a Facebook page and Instagram page, and we usually talk about it at the end, but if you want to talk to us, we're out there, you guys. Um, okay. So what we're going to do today is talk about our favorites in different categories. And we have different ways of measuring our favorites. I'm sure. But Dawn, for me, I picked things that were four star and higher. Is that kind of generally where you're at with your favorites? Well, we've talked about how I don't do the stars thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I picked the ones that if somebody, if I was having lunch with you and you were like, tell me something to read. Mm -hmm. Of course, first of all, if you ever have that conversation with me, we need chips, queso, and like three hours. (laughs) Right. But if you ask me, tell me what you're reading, tell me what I should read. I like to read in this genre, which books would I, that I've read this year, would I immediately say like, oh, you've got to read this. Right. Okay. So the few caveats we're going to put in are these books are not necessarily when we say best of 21, it's best of 21 that we read in 2021. It does not mean that it was published in 2021. Um, although probably a lot of Dawn's will be because she reads more recent stuff than I do, but a lot of mine are mm-hmm. older books. Um, and they are in no particular order. So it's not like a top 10 list where one's higher than the other. We're just talking about our favorites in each, you know, kind of category that we picked from our own reading, but all right, Dawn, what's our first category? Well, we're starting with thrillers, of course, because, you know, that's where my heart is. And the first one that we're going to talk about, we both agreed on. We actually have two that we both agreed on. Yes. This was one that I shoved at Dawn that was like, you must read this right now. <laughs> and she did. And I, you know, we both liked it. So this is in my dreams. I hold a knife by Ashley Winstead. Um, it was a campus novel and we talked about it in episode two in our campus novel episode. So what I'm going to say about books that we've previously talked about, we do not want to waste your time on this episode, rehashing books that we have already talked about in detail. So if we have already talked about a book, we are going to mention which episode it is. And then in the show notes, we will link to that episode. So if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, you can go back and hear about um, those books. We're just going to give you a little snippet of information about those. And then if we mention one that we haven't talked about before, that's the ones we're going to go into more detail. So this book was a campus novel. It was a 10-year college reunion. um, And one of a group of friends was murdered 10 years ago. So this group of friends is coming back for this reunion. Someone in the group did the murder and someone is out to get revenge. So that's kind of the setup of the book. Um, Dawn, did you have more to say about this one at all or just? 
No, it's just, it's awesome. You should read it and you should totally read it as a buddy read with a friend. That way y'all can have the fun back and forth of, oh, it's totally, this is what happened because you're going to be wrong. Just FYI. Yes. Me and Dom were both wrong when we, like I guessed on my own because I was reading it first and then I was wrong. And then she guessed somebody completely different and she was wrong. I too. did. So that's a well-written yes. or well-written book if it can do that to us. But Dawn, what was a thriller that you loved this year? Well, the second one that we both agreed on is No Exit by Taylor Adams. And we've talked about this in episode five and then again in episode nine. It is really good. And if you haven't heard us talk about it before, the quick setup of it is a girl is trying to get home from college in the middle of a snowstorm. She gets stranded at a roadside um, rest stop with four other people she steps outside for a minute and sees that there is a child in a cage in the back of a van. And she knows one of the other four other people in the rest stop is responsible for kidnapping this child. Yes. And that's what you call a high concept book. Cause you could just pitch it with those two sentences and you're like, okay, <laughs> I want to read it. Yes. Um, yeah. So we both liked, so those were two that we both read and both liked. Um, the next one for me is good neighbors by Sarah Langan. Um, this one Dawn did not read and I haven't talked about it before, but it's a literary thriller. So the difference between a thriller and a literary thriller is just usually the language is a little prettier and a literary thriller. It might be a little slower moving. Um, and that was the case in this one, but it's set in the near future in a suburban neighborhood and this new family moves in and they kind of don't fit in almost immediately. Like they're just not quite fancy or put together enough. Um, and they have a neighbor that's really uptight and doesn't like them and doesn't want them in the neighborhood. And then there's this sinkhole that appears in the nearby park. So it just, this is why it's near future. I think it's a little, it's kind of doing a little bit about climate change that in the future we'll have, you know, different things happening that we don't expect. Um, but the neighbor's daughter falls in to the sinkhole. And so accusations begin to fly against the new family that somehow it was their fault or somebody pushed her or something. Um, and this really was like a creepy story about mob mentality because you know that the family didn't do it. Um, but mm. you see how people get an idea in their head and how that like sets up this whole different dynamic. Um, it was dark and it was scary and it was definitely a page turner and it was really well written. So like I said, it's a little slower, you know, to start. So if you're expecting like page one, boom, it's not going to be that, but it was really, really good. I think I gave it, I want to say, I don't know if it was five stars, but I think it was like four and a half or 4.75 because yes, I do give quarter stars. So I really, really liked this one and um, would highly recommend it. So that's The Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. Well, and I'm going to cheat because I'm recommending a duet again. And this is Twisted Hearts is the first book. Unraveled Love is the second book. It is a romantic suspense by Stacey Lynn. And it starts off, this woman is about to get married and she's about to get married to somebody that it's a marriage of convenience between two powerful families and it's it's current day i know sometimes when we talk about marriage of convenience that's assumed to be a historical but she's being forced into this marriage and literally like as she's about to walk out of the bride's room she's talking to her mother and she tells her mother he hurts me hmm. and the mother just looks at her and says go and so she, you find out like she kind of had it set up to leave. She, she was trying to find a way out. And so she goes to a friend 
and that friend is kind of a powerful person and she's just needing to start over and I need a place to hide until this all um, blows over. And of course, the friend happens to have connections to a security firm that happens to have a really hot bodyguard. Of course she does. (laughs) Of course she does. Um, But she meets him and there's super chemistry there. He's a lot of fun. And the duet is basically him having to protect her because the person that she ran from is coming after her. Mm -hmm. And it is a true duet. So the first book does end on a cliffhanger. It does not wrap anything up. It ends on a cliffhanger. Um, The good news is both books are out. So you just go straight into the second book and it's all good. On the uh, heat level, is it a steamy book or sexy, steamy? Yes, it's open door. Okay. And my last thriller um, recommendation is another one I talked about in the campus episode. So I tend to, I seem to have a theme. (laughs) I want my thrillers to be involved with the college, but this is Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Kurian. Um, I talked about it in episode two and it's seven college students are in a study because they are psychopaths, but they're also college students. And one of them ends up murdered and they have to figure out who of the group is the murderer and before they get killed because it's stalk- somebody is stalking all of them, but they are psychopaths themselves. So they have no empathy. They have no remorse. So being in the head of someone like that was really interesting. And you know, that she's trying to figure this out, but she also was like, well, if I have to kill somebody, then, you know, I, I'll just have to kill somebody. <laughs> like, you know, it's not, she has no sense of really right and wrong. Um, so, but you pull for her because she's likable on some level. So it's, it's a very well done um, way of sympathizing, I guess, a little bit with a psychopath. So that's Never Saw Me Coming by VR Curian. If you want to hear my full description of it, episode two. Um, well, and I'm currently living with two college students who are in the middle of finals week. <laughs> they could possibly murder someone. <laughs> psychopaths is a legitimate description at this point i'm sure by friday when all their tests are done they will turn back into being my wonderful children but right now it's like we're all tiptoeing around the house trying not to make any noise right right and i will note that i listened to that one in audio and it was good on audio so if you like an audiobook that's an option for that one and then next is favorite contemporary romance which I should have a long list, you guys, but Dawn actually has a longer list than me. Um, yes, I have three. Yeah, I'm saving one of mine for my rad wreck. So I'm going to hold that one back. Um, but Dawn, since you have more than me, why don't you get us started with um, contemporary romance? So I'm going to start with a really fun one. And this is Fireproof by Delancey Stewart. It is actually set in Serena Bowen's True North World And so if you're familiar with that world, it takes place at the Busy Bean, which is the coffee. I mean, the whole story doesn't take place there, but a a prominent area of it is the Busy Bean. And this is the grumpy ex-Marine who is now working in a coffee shop and he wants to be a goat farmer. Um, Just fun kind of Hallmark Channel contemporary romance, except for it is steamy there. They're not putting those those scenes on the Hallmark Channel. (laughs) But um, One of his combat buddies, younger sister, is being threatened and he needs a place to basically stash her until some of this publicity has gone away. And so she ends up coming to stay with him and it's a whole grumpy sunshine thing and it's Delancey Stewart. So lots of feelings, very funny. 
a nice sit by the fire, drink hot chocolate read. <laughs> okay. Mine is definitely not Hallmark Channel. <laughs> <It's> de- <laughs> definitely, definitely steamy. So you've been warned. Don't be fooled by the hot pink cover. Um, it's called The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. I talked about this in episode four, so I'm not going to go um, deeply into it. But basically the premise is a woman, a woman, I see, I said women because in my notes, I write women because apparently I can't use spell check. <laughs> a woman moves across the country and do you think she's going to be rooming with her friend slash crush from high school like it's this guy that she's had a crush on forever and he's in a band and she's going to go stay with him and um but he sh- she shows up and realizes he's bailed for a tour like he has some little dinky tour he's going to go on and he's like oh it's okay I got somebody else to be a roommate with you um it's going to be fine so she moved pretty much for him to be with him all summer and now he's not going to be there but in walks the roommate and it's this really hot beautiful guy um who happens to just be a porn star so you know that's a little uncomfortable for her since she's like a really good girl kind of buttoned up type but he's like not the porn star you would imagine if you haven't imagined of porn stars but um super happy-go-lucky you know kind of goofy just really open about his job you know and just really laid back. So it's a really fun, funny, um, contemporary romance, but super steamy, even though it's actually a little bit of a slow burn, there's lots of conversations and stuff that, uh, yeah, you know, don't listen to this one on audio around anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I totally have to check that one out. We've talked about that one before and I totally mm-hmm. have to check that one out. Um, okay. So I'm cheating a little bit because I'm recommending a trilogy and it is the falling, tr- falling trilogy by Maya Hughes and the first book is The Art of Falling for You the second book is The Sin of Kissing You and the third book is The Hate of Loving You and it follows the same couple through high school college and as adults oh that's a fun concept it it really is and this you would love this because it is all the angst <laughs> it is rip your heart out stomp it on the floor put it back together, hand it to you, and then accidentally drop it, let it shatter <laughs> again, put it back together, hand it to you all nice and pretty and gorgeous. So mm-hmm. it has, it is a true trilogy because it, each book doesn't um, have a happily ever after. It's them, they earn this happily ever after. But it is two characters that start off in, in high school and they have kind of a secret relationship going in high school. And without giving any spoilers, things progress from there. Uh, the only thing I would say is that I would, there is a content warning for abuse in it. Okay. So, but it is definitely, if you are character, give me all of the feels, totally yeah. recommend it. And Don mentioned this one in episode two as well, I believe. So um, yes. Yes. So if you want to go back and hear about it too. And then you had an honorary mention. Good, because I liked this one a lot. It is the complete opposite of the Falling Trilogy because it is um, kind of an over-the-top retelling of The War of the Roses. Mm-hmm. The name of it is You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle. And it is two, two people who are engaged and the this is a spoiler at the beginning the woman starts thinking about all these annoying things that he does and she just doesn't think she wants to marry him Mm -hmm. 
And she's at right at the point where she's about to break it off. And then she realizes he's trying to make me break up with him. (laughs) He wants me to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be the best fiance ever. I'm going to make him break up with me. And so it's them battling back and forth, trying to be who can be the worst to each other, basically. It's really funny. It's really over the top. There are some points where you're like, oh my gosh, you people need some therapy. Um, But it's a fun, I'm glad I don't, I'm not involved in that relationship. And if my best friend was involved in that relationship, I would talk her out of it, Mm -hmm. but it's a fun read. Yeah. And see, when we talked about in previous episodes about knowing what books are right for you and looking for those keywords and reviews, um, one of the things Dawn just said means I don't need to read this book. <laughs> so when she said over the top, anytime it says over the top for me, usually, unless it's over the top angst, then I'm in. But if it's over the top humor, <laughs> usually that means I'm out. <laughs> but I like the idea of the War of the Roses thing though. Um, next section is favorite historical romances and Dawn does not have any of these, but I'm going to make sure next year that we get Dawn to read at least one historical romance so she can experience it. Have you ever read any Dawn ever, ever? I have, I have. I just, it's not my Mm go-to. So, but I have faith you are going to recommend (laughs) something that I can read. Yes. That I will enjoy. My pitch to Dawn on historical romance is it's very similar to contemporary romance in a lot of the relationshipy stuff. It's just set in a different world. But um, I have a couple for this. So one, I'm like Dawn was cheating with a, a trilogy. I'm treating with cheating with a whole series. But my best historical romance experience this year was reading the Wallflower series by Lisa Kleypas. So I talked about this in episode 11. Um, so I'm not going to go deeply into it, but it's four books and four Wallflower heroines make a pact in the first book. Um, that they are going to help each other get husbands. So it starts with, and I wrote down the two I liked best, but I forgot to write down the first one, but they each are a um, season. So the first one is summer. And then, so it's something in summer. I think scandal, no, scandal in spring. I don't know. Um, but it happened when autumn was my favorite. So clearly did, we did great notes on this, but um, yeah, so this like I said, I went deeply into it. Episode 11, I talked about books two and three devil in winter is part of that series. And that's one you'll hear a lot of people talk about as like a classic of the historical genre um, that everyone loves. So I actually liked it happen one autumn book two, a little better, but all four were really good. And the whole experience of watching these four women um, kind of get together and always have each other's back and cheer each other on. And that whole girl friendship thing was really, really my favorite part um, of the series. So that's the wallflower series by Lisa Kleypas. And then I had slowly worked my way through the Bridgertons over the past couple of years. And so this year I read, um, I think I finished off the series, but my favorite was when he was wicked. So this is when he was wicked by Julia Quinn, part of the Bridgerton series. I did talk about it in episode four. So if you would like to hear more about that one, but you cannot go wrong with picking up one of the Bridgerton books. So any of them, if you haven't started them, start from the beginning with the Duke and I. Um, But for me, when he was wicked was a five-star read for me this year. So, and then next, I think we have another category, Dawn, that's not usually your jam, um, but favorite on audio. So did you do any audiobooks this year? I did not. And that is um, one of my goals for next year mm-hmm. will be to at least listen to one book on audio to see how I feel about it at this point in my life. So yeah. I will report back. Yeah. 
I know we've talked about audiobooks on, on the podcast before, but it really is something you kind of have to give yourself a little time to train into. I think when you first like pick up an audiobook to listen to, especially if it's fiction, um, it's like, oh no, I can't do this because you're so used to reading it on the page. And I was like that for a long time, only you're listening to nonfiction on audio. But this year is the first time I've listened to fiction on audio. Um, and I really ended up enjoying a couple of books that way, particularly, I can think of a few that really were great in audio that I took to, talked about in other episodes. But my favorites on audio this year, both of them are nonfiction. Um, my first is My Life in France by Julia Child, which I have talked about, I think on a couple of episodes, but I went deeply into it in episode number seven. So I don't need to go, you know, too extensive into this is Julia Child. Okay. And she's talking about her life in France. It's a high concept title. <laughs> so She's fascinating. So you totally need to check her out. Yes. I just bought, there's another one that she writes letters to her friend um, during this whole process. I forgot the name of it, but um, it's on sale today on Kindle. So I went and bought that. So it didn't have audiobook, unfortunately, but more Julia Child for me. Um, and then my next favorite audio was Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First by Laura Tremaine. And I haven't talked about this one before. Laura Tremaine is a blogger and she hosts the podcast, 10 Things to Tell You. It's a really good podcast and she's easy to listen to. So this was why it was good on audio. I was used to her voice already. Um, but it's part memoir, part self-development. This one's hard to describe, um, but each chapter has questions to ask yourself so that you can think about your past and the feelings about it. Like almost like if you were writing your own memoir, it's asking questions like, what was this, you know, part of your life or what was you made you feel this way or whatever. Um, and you can then like share your feelings about it in a journal, or you can talk to your friends about it. That's why it says, share your stuff. I'll go first. Like you could have conversations with the people that are close to you, but I like anything that makes me think more deeply and look inward. Um, I, I was a former therapist. So y'all know I'm all about the looking inward and thinking through things and thinking about the past and how that affected you. So it was, you know, partly her memoir that you found out about her life, but I liked the parts of these are the questions to ask yourself. Um, and it helps you think about memories and such, you know, things that you might've not thought about in a while. So it's good on audio. If you want to give it a try, um, that's called share your stuff. I'll go first by Laura Tremaine. And then Dawn, why don't we go to fantasy next and I'll come back to our other things so that I can stop talking for a little while and not everybody has to listen to me too long. <laughs> Did you have a fantasy favorite? Yes. Yes, of course. I had tons of fantasy favorites. So I limited myself to two. Mm -hmm. um, one, I will go with the one that um, I have talked about before first. And that was Waking the Dragon by Juliet Cross. And I mentioned that in episode four. But quick rundown for you it is a murder mystery set in a time where there are dragon shifters who can actually like fly and there's kind of some cultural clashing going on and it's awesome you should read it <laughs> it's a good plug it's awesome you should read it <laughs> yes um, that's yeah i had a few um good fantasy reads this year too so i've talked about them on the previous episodes but one is uh the shadow and bone trilogy by lee bardugo so it was i talked about in episode six it's a netflix series so you may have heard of it there but i'm not um gonna go far into it because then i have to go into the world building and <laughs> there's a dark lean and all of that we've talked about it on the episodes before but it's really approachable YA fantasy without feeling like ya if that makes sense so if you're not a reader of like high fantasy and all these like complicated worlds. I feel like YA fantasy is a really good place to start because they do 
lay out a world in a way that's not so intimidating to start a trilogy and try to enter into a new world. And I think the Shadow and Bone trilogy did a really good job with that. And then if you like it, there's all kinds of spinoffs for that world. Um, and the show did a really good job too. So you can then go and watch the TV show after, but that's Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. Well, and you have one that I'm looking forward to reading, hopefully over the two week break around Christmas because she finally read a superhero book, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so this I talked about in episode nine, but it's Vicious by V.E. Schwab. Um, and the premise is two guys figure out that people can have extraordinary abilities, that they do exist out there in the world. And they figure out how you get them is that you have a near-death experience. And when you have this near-death experience, depending on how you died is what power you come back with. So you can't really predict what you're going to come back with. And then it's two like college roommates that are doing this, but then they end up on opposite sides um, and fighting each other and, you know, problems. So it's no one's totally good. And, you know, so I like that it's, that's why it's called vicious, but um, I really love the characterization in it. I love the world building and um, yeah, it's two enemies and superhero-ness and all of that ensues but if you want to hear my full description episode nine well i have vicious sitting on my kindle already downloaded <laughs> waiting for when i turn in that final project of the year then i can mm -hmm. sit down and read it so yeah one of the um fantasies that i wanted to recommend is at the cabin by claudia blood and claudia blood has high fantasy series she has a um series that's the merge series which is all of these worlds have collided and there's all these fantastical creatures and then she has um the relic series which is kind of set on a different planet and there's all these magical creatures at the cabin is different for her because it is set in just regular everyday the life we live in except for these people happen to have supernatural powers mm -hmm. and so this is um i love the way this book started because it is the story of laura laura doesn't know she has any kind of supernatural powers she runs a dog shelter she's just everyday average type person and she is um, planning a weekend getaway with her fiance because they have, you know, haven't had any time alone. And he, you know, wants them to have this moment. And there's um, some adult things planned for this weekend getaway. And when she gets to this cabin, it's not her fiance that's there. Hmm. It is a um, guy who uh his name's todd he's ex-fbi he's been tricked into being there and there's a great scene there but you find out they've both been set up to be killed hmm. because reasons <laughs> reasons yes reasons <laughs> and it ends up um, the cabin ends up catching on fire at one point and they're suddenly running from running from all of these people that are trying to kill them and, and including a few demons there's some humans there's some demons so it's a really i would call it almost like a cozy mystery fantasy read mm -hmm. it's a little bit different but it hits all those buttons if you like all of those kind of genres and it's really well really well written yeah i do like when fantasy is set in the regular world. And I know sometimes it's called urban fantasy, but I think it only can be called urban fantasy if it's set in a city. So if it's in the small town in fantasy, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> if we need more terms. Urban fantasy always reminds me of like Buffy. Right. Yeah. There's always usually a kick-ass woman. Yeah. And this is, this is very much like 
if I suddenly realized I had <laughs> some kind of powers and that there were demons chasing me, which mm-hmm. just for the record, and that's the point where Dawn dies. Right. Like <laughs> once the demons come after me, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Sorry. Yeah, that's done. what I think about apocalyptic books when it's like the only yes. few survivors are like making it. I'm like, no, no, I would have been one of the early ones. <laughs> I just yeah. been like, yeah. no, this isn't worth the trouble. <laughs> I'm slowing down the zombies for y'all. Okay. Yeah. I, I will sacrifice myself. Y'all run. Yes. Cause I, I can't run. Yeah. The sewage <laughs> system is down. I'm out. <laughs> you know, like, right. Exactly. Out. Exactly. Yeah. And vicious is kind of like that too, of it's set, it's set in a different world, but it's very much like, I mean, you recognize the world. You can just tell it's a little, a little tweaked. Yes. Yeah. And I like that. My next um, favorites is favorite essays and memoir. And this is another section that Dawn doesn't generally read. And so I'm going to give you a couple of mine. Um, but my first one is I miss you when I blink by Mary Laura Philpot. And from the back cover, it says memoir and essays about what happened after she checked off all the boxes of her successful life's to-do list and realized she might need to reinvent the list in herself. So she thought she'd crack the code of always be right and you'll be happy. Um, but when she completed her life's to-do list, the job, the spouse, the house, the babies, She found that instead of feeling content and successful, she felt anxious and lost and stuck in the daily grind of overflowing calendars, grueling small talk and sprawling traffic. Um, She'd done everything right, but she felt all wrong. So this set of essays kind of hit me, um, I guess at the right point in my life, because it's like, she's talking about hitting your forties and you've kind of been the overachiever and the to-do list person and wanting to always be right. I don't, you know, I don't recognize that myself at all. Because I am always right. No, I'm kidding. But so it really resonated with me. I don't know if you're not that kind of type A personality, if the essays would resonate as much. So keep that in mind. But um, some were, some of these are really funny. Some were poignant. Um, I really liked the combination of the two. So you would get one that was like, it would make you a little like teary or something. And then another one would be just totally just a funny, you know, thing about life. So they're really, you know, short easy to kind of hop in and out of. So you don't have to read it start to finish. You can kind of, you know, one essay a night or something. Um, but yeah, I really loved it. I think I gave it five stars. So um, I miss you when I blink by Mary Laura Philpot. And then my other one of essays is text me when you get home by Kayleen Schaefer. So this one, Dawn made me think of you. I wanted to like send copies to all of my good friends after I finished this one. So you know, I love, first, I love the title. Like it's a great title. Text me when you get home, because yes. if you're a woman, you know that that's what you do for each other, right? Like you go out to dinner and when you leave, you say, text me when you get home, even though that person might have a husband or a family waiting for them at right. home. Like you just want to know that they're okay. Um, so the back cover of this one is for too long. Women have been told that we are terrible at being friends, that we can't help being cruel or competitive, or that we inevitably abandon each other for romantic partners, but we are rejecting those stereotypes and reclaim the power of female friendship. And text me when you get home, journalist Kayleen Schaefer interviews more than 100 women about their BFFs, soulmates, girl gangs, and queens while tracing this cultural shift through the lens of pop culture. So like I talked about in the Wallflower series, I love female friendships and how they're, you know, portrayed in different ways. And a lot of times in the past, we've been portrayed always as the mean girls and the backbiting and the stealing each other's boyfriends and all of that, instead of what I've experienced in my life, which is really, we lift each other up and we're there for each other and we have each other's back and, you know, We'll, we'll be there when you need somebody, you know, that's who you call as your friends. So this was a celebration of that um, and how we are, you know, how we bond and how we, we stick together through life. So 
And I love that she filtered it through the evolution of pop culture. So she references TV shows and how women are portrayed in different movies and different, you know, times in history. And so putting it through that lens, you see like how it has developed over time and how it has shifted um, from that backbiting mean girls thing and all of that. So if you're interested um, in female friendships and pop culture, it's a good combination of both. And I think it would make a really good gift to a friend at Christmas time, if you, you know, want to just give your girlfriend um, a little, you know, gift and say, text me when you get home. So that was text me when you get home by Kayleen Shaper. I was actually thinking about that because I have a group of women that we always joke about that we're not the women that are going to call you every day or text you every day, or we sometimes go like more than a month without interacting. And there's five of five or six of us. But we're the absolute, if the phone rang right now while we were doing this podcast and somebody said, hey, bring a shovel, I'd be like, I got to go, Ronnie, I'll be back in a little bit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was thinking about, that would be a cool, we're going to try to get it together over Christmas. That would be a cool gift to give everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It would be be, be a fun gift if somebody likes reading essays and stuff. So no, I really, really liked it. And as soon as I finished it, I wanted to call all of my friends and just be like, I love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being in my life. So, um, and then moving on to a different section, we just put this in general fiction. So, you know, it would be shelved in the new releases or general fiction area of the bookstore. And Dawn doesn't read as many of these, um, but I have a few and I've talked about both of them in previous episodes. So it'll be quick, but Joyland by Stephen King. I talked about in episode four. It's set in the 70s at a beach amusement park. It's part mystery, but mostly it's coming of age. Um, it's a nostalgic kind of feel to the whole book. Um, it's beautifully written. It is not a scary Stephen King book. So if you are afraid to read, you know, your The Shining and It and all of that, it's not like that. Um, it, it does have some sad parts, so be warned, but it was one of my top, if not my favorite read of the year. I listened to it on audio and it was fantastic on audio. So if you have somebody, you know, in your life that likes that kind of book or you like that it's joy land by stephen king and um i definitely would get the audio if you are into audiobooks and then my next one is 19 minutes by jody Picoult. episode seven is when i talked about that one um it is a dark topic it's about a school shooting in the aftermath in the court case of the shooter because the shooter survives in the shooting um but she did a really nuanced look into the characters including the shooter and his family um I, as I've mentioned before, I've written a romance series that had a school shooting backstory called The Ones Who Got Away. So this is an area that I'm interested in learning more about the psychology of and always have been kind of interested in that. So this was masterfully written. I talked about it extensively in episode seven, if you want to hear about it, but it definitely is on my favorite favorites of the year. I gave it five stars. Well, and then of course we moved to the other side of that. And this is just, we just called this Dawn's random reads because I don't know what this actually <laughs> falls under. Um, we know that I love a good Omegaverse. And if you're not familiar with the Omegaverse, I think I've, I've explained it almost every yes. episode. So right. if you've been listening. <laughs> but Omegaverses, you've got alphas, you who are big dudes who grow up and do things and then you have do, betas do who are like normal people <laughs> do do things yes um you have betas who are normal people the alphas usually live separate from the betas and then you have omegas and the omegas are the only women who can mate with the alphas and usually they don't know their omegas until they've been touched by an alpha so quick omegaverse explanation there 
Um, the Alpha's Salvation by Marlo Roy. Y'all, I got to read this in advance. I have been holding on to this because it came out last week. And I was like, yes, it will be out in time for this episode. It is awesome. It is the story of Hunt. And what's different about this book is that some of the Omegaverse are set basically in modern times, except for the Alphas go out and live kind of in the country or away from basic society. This is set in a time that is future, but there was an event, which they called the end. There was an event where society basically just reset. And like the beginning of the book starts off with Kess, who is an Omega, and she is a school teacher. And she's reading a book with her students. And there's a picture of a garbage truck and the kids don't know what that is Mm. because they're back to riding horses and the, the world has just basically reset. Hunt is very old and he remembers the before times. And he's basically at this point lost all of the people he cared about because he's outlived them. And he's on his last trip. Um, he does trading trips uh, with his pack, not wolves, just that's what they call the group of alphas. Um, he does trading trips with them so uh, to go back to his village and he's considering this his last trip and they go into this small village and he realizes that there's an omega there hiding among the betas and that's Kess and Kess is running from an abusive alpha Hmm. and has been hiding but of course the minute this alpha comes into play she can't hide anymore and it is in all the feels. If you want to want to dip your toe in a megaverse and still get all of the angsty feels and some super hot love scenes, absolutely recommend *The Alpha's Salvation* by Marlo Roy. If someone hasn't read an megaverse book before, would this be an okay starter book? Yes, because most of the things that are expectations in the genre are kind of touched on and, mm-hmm. but it's explained in a way that even if you're not familiar with the genre, you're going to know what's going on. Okay. Okay, good. And Dawn, you had another random read for us. Y'all, I don't know what this was. I really enjoyed <laughs> it. I really liked it, but it was one of those books that after I finished it, I sat there going, what did I just read? So I'm going to read you. Normally I don't do the back, back cover copy, but this, I, the only way I could find to describe it is back cover copy. And then I'll give you a brief little Dawn summary. Um, this book is called Hooked and it's by Emily McIntyre. And Peter Pan is involved. And that's the only way I can describe it. It's not a retelling of Peter Pan. It's not, Peter Pan is present. That's That's all I can tell you. <laughs> So the copy on it is, once upon a time, there was a little boy, his belly full of laughter, his life full of joy, until one day something changed, stripped his innocence away, the hole inside making space for the devil to come and play. His dreams forever gone, he grew up way too fast, an endless night of crocodiles and watches made of glass, he grew into a villain, the taste of vengeance on his tongue, craving to make his enemies pay for the misdeeds they had done. Instead, he found a darling girl and refused to let her go for what better way to make them pay than to steal his little shadow. There's all these Peter Pan references. Mm-hmm. Like her name is Wendy. There's right. all these Peter Pan references. And it is, um, 
a full-length complete standalone in the Never After series, which is a dark romance where the villain gets the girl. So it's not a retelling. Every content warning you could ever imagine needs to be on this book. But it's really hot and it's really interesting. And I read the entire thing in one night and did one of those, oh my, it's two o'clock in the morning and I only have three chapters left. Might as well not go to bed. So totally recommend it. Still not sure where it falls. But it is romance. You do get a romance ending? Yes. Okay. All right. So we at least know we're safe. (laughs) And it's not fantasy. Okay. Yeah, it's not fantasy. So yeah. If you want to know more about that, hit me up on social media and I'll explain the best I can. Does he have a hook? (laughs) (laughs) And there goes our clean rating. Um, (laughs) He has a knife that is hooked. Okay. So he he is very much a bad guy, Mm -hmm. um, but they call him Hook because he has a knife that is hooked. Okay. (laughs) I don't mind an antihero, so I could be interested in that. Um, All right. So we've made it through our list. Um, and I saved one of mine, um, for my rad reading rec of the week. So yes, this will be our rad reading recs of the week, which is so hard to say, why do we do this to ourselves with the alliteration? I mean, really, (laughs) you came up with it. This is my fault, my fault. But, um, normally it's just a book we want to add that we love that we want to add to our main list on our website, which we keep on the rad reading list. If you go to um, our website, you'll see there's a whole page for it of every rad rec we've done. But this one also falls on my best of the year. So it's not just my rec for the week. It is also one of my best contemporary romances for the year. And it's fresh on my mind because literally just finished it this morning before we recorded because I was determined because I knew, I knew probably like 200 pages in, I'm like, this is amazing. It's going to be, it's going to end up on my list. Um, But sometimes they take a turn. So I I try not to put books on the podcast that I haven't fully read because I've read books that 70% of the way through, I'm like, this is five stars. And then they blow the ending and I'm like, two stars. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't recommend unless I finish it, but mine is long shot by Kennedy Ryan. So first of all, I'm going to give you all content warning stuff. You guys, there is violence in this book, um, including domestic violence and sexual assault. It is on the page. It is hard to read. There are pages I had to skip, um, or skim because it was too much for me. So it's not that it wasn't well-written. It wasn't, it's not that it wasn't necessary for the plot, but sometimes, you know, you have to protect your own sensitivities. Um, so just be warned when you go into it, but the setup is August is the hero and he meets Iris at a bar on the eve before he plays for the basketball national championship in college. Um, so she's like yelling at a basketball game on TV and he's attracted to the fact that she's like cursing out the refs and stuff because they're, you know, making bad calls for her team. So he sits down and tries to talk with her and she kind of brushes him off. And, um, but then, as they sit there longer, they end up having this like kind of deep conversation in this connection. And then when they leave the bar, um, he goes to kiss her and she stops him and says, I'm really sorry. I have a boyfriend. And he's like brokenhearted, you know, that she has this boyfriend and you're in his POV. I think at that point you get both of their POVs in this book. Um, but you feel like they had this almost like faded mates connection first up. Mm-hmm. Like if you're familiar with the faded mates trope, you know, but it's almost like that, but it's in a contemporary And then he doesn't find out until later that her boyfriend is his rival from the other team. So it's nice. Yeah. I love the conflict. Super conflict. And that whole, like, it's the night before his championship, he's going to be drafted into the NBA, like all of these conflicts that are going to get in the way. Um, So 
him and the boyfriend both get drafted by the NBA. They're both like going to be competing for rookie of the year. So that high rival thing, but you're going to have see through the book that their paths cross again, Iris and August at different times in their life are going to cross again. But what he doesn't know is that Caleb, the boyfriend is horribly abusive. So Iris, when he first meets her is not being abused. She's in that kind of fresh new relationship. You know, she's just about to finish college. She's ready to start her career. She's got all these plans and then um, things go south. So I'm not going to spoil how things go south, but she ends up with the guy, Caleb, and he traps her basically in the relationship as abusers can do. And so a big chunk of the book, it's a 500 page book, you guys. So be warned, it's really long, but it went really fast. So it doesn't feel like 500 pages, but I'm just telling you that because there's a big section that she is with the abusive guy and you see the stuff on the page and it's very hard. Um, and meanwhile, August is continuing to see her at different things. And they always have this moment together. Like they'll have a conversation or they'll sneak away and have this thing. And he doesn't understand why she's still with him. And she can't really share because of reasons there there's good conflict reasons why she can't say anything. Um, so it goes through years of their life. It is a romance. So you're going to get your HEA. I will guarantee you that, but the marketing of the book, when you first kind of look at it, it's got this really beautiful guy on the cover. Um, and it says, yes, some, I saw him. He's very, <laughs> very easy to look at. Um, but it's billed as a contemporary romance. And it says something um, like on the copy a forbidden love story set in the NBA. And yes, it is. But the way it's marketed that way, it makes it seem a lot lighter than it is. It's a dark book. And I would almost say it's a romantic thriller because of the boyfriend situation. And like, there's a lot of times where she's in peril and you feel it as a reader and that she's in danger. And so it has that like thriller feel for me for that. Um, so if you're going in for something that's like, this is going to be lighthearted and fun and easy. No, not an easy read, but it is beautifully written and expertly executed. It was amazing. I think it won the Rita award. Um, I think I saw that in passing, but, um, it was really, really good. It was one of the best books I read this year. And, um, but yeah, don't, and it's steamy. So there's good love scenes in it, but yeah, I, I just, I'm hesitant <laughs> to sell it as like <laughs> super steamy contemporary romance, because there's also really, really dark, scary stuff in there. Um, including the sexual assault, which is on the page. So you've been warned. Um, I will have to go read something fluffy now after I finish this one this morning, but it was an epic love story, like because it took place over years and it feels like such a hard fought HEA. They feel so deserving for it. And it's just like, I want to go read everything this author has written. After this, this is my first Kennedy Ryan book. Um, so loved it, loved it, loved it. Five stars for sure. But trigger warnings, if you have sensitivities, um, you might need to skip pages or skip the book entirely. So just that's my recommendation for Rad Reading. That's Long Shot by Kennedy Ryan. Well, and normally this is where I would be like, oh, I have this great fluffy thing to kind of counterbalance that. <laughs> and I have something great, but it's not fluffy. Um, and so I'm recommending two of Ronnie's books because oh. she is very modest and she won't recommend them herself and they deserve to be on our Rad Rec of the Week page. Hey, I said that without <laughs> screwing it up. Good job, good job. <laughs> so I'm cheating and I'm recommending two from this year. Um, the first one is Yes, and I Love You. And this one is, of course, there are funny parts, but it's it's Ronnie writing, y'all. So it's all the angst, all the emotions. 
all of that. But I really liked um, the hero because he is all Mr. Improvy and fun. And but then he's got this like emotion and you just want to hug him and, you know. And the heroine in it also is interesting because she's dealing with social anxiety. And that's kind of something that we don't see properly addressed sometimes. And so totally recommend Yes, That I Love You. And then I recommend the second book in that, which is What If You and Me. And Andy has my heart because she's true crime podcast or horror novelist, which we all know the horror novelist part. That's not me. (laughs) But she reads the true crime or is involved in the true crime and therefore is terrified of everything and suspicious of everything and my college age kids will tell you there's times where they're like oh my god mom quit watching true crime I'm going to the grocery store I will be back in 15 minutes you don't have to track me on life 360 (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the answer to that is yes I do of course you do Um, (laughs) of course I do Um, But Andy has really good reasons for why she's like that. And she has her new grumpy neighbor who is a former firefighter. And there's a great scene where he comes to her rescue. And we're going to put rescue in quotation marks there. (laughs) So I'm recommending Ronnie's books for our rad wreck of the week. Thank you, Dawn. I will pay you the money that I owe you for recommending my books later. (laughs) No, She doesn't pay me in money, y'all. She pays me in queso. (laughs) right and yeah these are angsty but compared to the one I just talked about mine are like cupcakes with like whipped cream and and drink compared to the angst wise so thank you for that um but those are our favorites of the year which is a hard list to make (laughs) so I'm glad we uh it is we got through it without taking two hours there are so many fabulous books coming out next year y'all just don't know because we get books in advance sometimes and there are just so many great ones that i can't talk about yet but next year on the podcast we're gonna have some awesome recommendations yes and speaking about what's next on the podcast um next week our friday episode is not going to happen because it is christmas eve and i know that you would rather be doing other things than listening to us on christmas eve just as we would be rather doing other things than recording on christmas eve or anything like that (laughs) so you know you say that there have been plenty of christmas eves where i would have been perfectly (laughs) happy to put on some headphones and go hide from my family but we won't discuss that I will be madly cooking because I am hosting Christmas this year. So Christmas Eve will not be relaxing for me. I will be making all of the things. Um, I still haven't decided on my menu for that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes since it's last minute. But um, yeah, so we won't have an episode next week. But then New Year's Eve, we will be back and we will be talking about one of my favorite things, which is reading challenges. And I will be um, talking about the reading challenges I'm going to do in the upcoming year. And then Dawn will be talking about some reading goals that you're setting for yourself, right? Yes. We're, we'll talk about the difference between a challenge and a goal. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about what personality fits which way and what is going to be coming up for the next year for Rad Reading. So that's it um, for this week. Thank you for joining us. Like we mentioned earlier, we do have um, a Facebook page and an Instagram and feel free to come and talk to us and you don't even have to do it publicly. So there's private messaging on Facebook. If you want to just send us a note about something and you don't want to put it public, that's fine. You know, some of these books that we talk about, especially in our shameless episode, you might not want to post about publicly. So um, feel free to reach out to us. All of our social media is Rad Reading Podcast. 
So you can find that on Facebook and you can find that on Instagram. Um, I am at Don Alexander Books on Instagram and Ronnie is at Ronnie Loren on Instagram. And we would love to know what your favorite book was from this year. What book did you read this year that we need to know about? So hit us up on one of those social media and tell us all about it. Yes, add to our TBR list for 2022. We're totally open um, to hearing what fabulous books you've had. So, and until we talk next time, we hope that every book you pick up is fabulous and that is rad reading. Goodbye, you guys. Bye.